Welcome to the All Digital AM Podcast. This episode originally aired as a video on the All Digital AM YouTube channel. We're going to go on that. All right. My name is Adam Penn, and I'm here to continue the conversation in 3D printing and additive manufacturing. Happy to have today another guest coming from Meltio, which is a company that is now doing large-scale and, and normal 3D printing in metal, but they're actually taking it to a different level. They have a lot of interesting things going on. So I was talking with Yashwath Banderi here. It goes by Yash. Yash, welcome today. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much uh, for having me, Adam. Um, yeah, I'm quite excited for this. Um, well, perhaps I should say that uh, I'm on um, uh, Cloud9. <laughs> yeah. Always, uh, I've always wanted to, you know, talk to you, you know, share my views, you know, exchange yeah. our views on uh, 3D printing. You've been doing good stuff on 3D printing. And well, uh, yeah, we are, you know, meeting at the right time in the, you know, in the right now, in the, in the new normal. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I appreciate uh, you taking your time and, uh, you know, interviewing me. Thanks. No, I, I appreciate you uh, having the conversation. I know we we talked a few weeks ago about things and there's, you know, so much happening. We had even an intersection of, uh, you know, different people we've worked with in the past. We can mention that a little bit later if we want, but I wanted to focus <laughs> on, you know, what you've been doing because you actually have just been coming to the company, but you have a great big background. I know that you've worked in National Laboratory you're also working at to doing work over there and then also coming in with your, you have your PhD and you worked in, in this industry doing a lot of thermodynamics and temperatures and and dealing with what happens inside of wire 3D printing and the materials there. I, I was uh, looking into the background. I was very intrigued because you've obviously been doing a lot of things to bring a lot more uh, background to the game now. And joining Meltio, that's very exciting. Um, how has that been for you over the last year or so? I know this has been interesting for all of us, but starting with a new company during this time must be very interesting. So how's that well, going Yes, for you? Uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, let me just uh, take back, uh, since sure. you mentioned a little bit about my background. Um, yeah, most of it is correct, but uh, yeah. I just want ah. to... Yeah, Oak Ridge. Refine it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I got that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> refine it, actually. So, um, yeah, um, AIM in my life actually um, started like an accidental passion, actually. Yeah. Um, but over the course of time, um, it became a uh, real passion. So it, stalled, it all started in uh, 2010 when I was doing my uh, master's. Um, at that point, it was uh, a buzzword. Everybody was talking about 3D printing, yeah. additive manufacturing. And I thought, like, you know, this process is you know, uh, used to make cool toys, you know, demo components sort of, you know, plastic or, you know, polymer. Then uh, I went on to take a course and, uh, you know, um, and uh, I did my P uh, thesis, master's thesis on uh, large-scale metal additive manufacturing. Yeah. And during that time, I had an opportunity, um, you know, to uh, give a talk at an international conference in Singapore. Um, and guess what? I won the best uh, paper award. It was totally unexpected. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was... Um, yeah, so that's how um, I started my, you know, research and uh, uh, metal 3D printing. And I went out to do a PhD um, at Cranfield University, UK. And uh, yeah, it's one of the best schools uh, um, for uh, metal additive manufacture. And uh, yeah, Cranfield didn't pay me to say this, but uh, yeah, it, it's one of the facts, actually. So yeah. uh, I took a big leap and uh, I took a big leap, uh, you know, continue research uh, doing at uh, Operation National Lab. Um, and then um, after attending several conferences and uh, trade shows, um, I realized that uh, basic science is uh, not my cup of tea, actually. So I was more oh. interested in uh, taking this technology to the industry, uh, you know, help the industry adopt this technology. And uh, so, yeah, EWI gave me um, a good platform to you know, express myself. 
um, in approaching and engaging with customers and uh, who always wanted to get into this large scale metal stuff, but uh, didn't know uh, the know-how of this process. So I was instrumental in taking this technology to a wide range of customers and um, I was quite uh, successful. And then later I joined Miltio. So this is my uh, second month, I would say. I'm already excited. Wow, yeah. Well, with the, uh, you know, the uniqueness, um, you know, of, of our technology and uh, receiving so much of, uh, you know, enthusiasm and uh, customer inquiries, you know, regarding, um, you know, our products and uh, what's the uniqueness, you know, that defines, you know, um, uh, the large scale metal stuff that we are doing, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's a constant inflow of, um, you know, projects um, that we are doing, but uh we're doing our best, um, you know, in this um, new normal, you know, to deliver projects, um, machines, uh, you know, customers on time. Well, you know about customers, you know, you have done a lot of work with, you know, customer interactions and everything. You know, they want everything to be delivered yesterday rather than like, you know, today or tomorrow. Sure. You know, so uh, yeah. even with this uh, new normal, uh, we are still trying our best uh, and, uh, yeah, getting things uh, done on time. Yeah, that's a, you know, it's an interesting journey. And I know that uh, it's, it has been obviously like you're talking about a lot of your passion and what your direction has been and now getting to this company and being able to share that and work on different things with project with customers. That's again, what we all do. We're trying to figure out what works best for the customer. So where, where Meltio fits in, I know that they have their own metal printer that, that they sell, but you also integrate with other machines, right? To With the, uh, with the technology and you have the ability to use not only, you know, metal powders but wires and you could use that you could do that together is that correct is that how that the actual process can can work can you describe that process a little bit i haven't seen a machine myself so i apologize for that but i'm looking forward to seeing one live pretty soon so we'll, we'll figure that out somehow absolutely absolutely yeah uh, let me tell you a little bit about um, meltio mm-hmm. um so um, meltio is a um, little and year old company um, it's a joint venture between, um, you know, three great companies, um, Aditech, that's based in Las Vegas, where I'm based at, and uh, Signova, that's based in Spain, and uh, third company is ArcelorMittal. Um, okay. So Signova, um, it's, um, um, so we have our uh, fact, uh, our uh, headquarters in Spain. That's where, where we develop our products. Um, we have a uh, capability to produce uh, more than uh, 200 machines a month. I mean, 200 machines is a really um, game-changing number, you know, if you talk about uh, yeah, no, uh, metal 3D companies, actually. And then Aridec here, we do a lot of uh, R&D and uh, we do a lot of uh, things on photonics. So we develop our own lasers, um, laser systems, laser heads, uh, optics, and uh, powder feeders. Um, and then all the, these three great companies came together in uh, May 2019 and uh, it was formally launched at uh, Formnext 19, actually. I know it was disappointment this year. The form next is uh, cancelled yeah. because heartbreak for us. But we were like suspecting that, you know, over the course of time. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So um, the thing which uh, um, differentiates uh, uh, our technology with the other technologies is so we can do we can feed both wire and powder on a single laser head. Mm. So essentially, um, you are leveraging the advantages of uh, both wire and powder. You know? So this kind of process, you can't find it in books because this is a relatively new process. We have been researching um, for about like five years, mm-hmm. um, put a lot of effort um, in developing this technology and then the products out of this technology. 
So um, in terms of products, um, as you mentioned rightly, we have two main products. Uh, one is a small compact printer, which I call it as M450 printer, uh, where you can make uh, small scale parts. Again, small as in when you compare with powder bed parts, they are um, relatively large. But when you compare with wire-based additive techniques, they are small parts. And then the other product is um, our engine. So engine, yeah. as the name suggests, it's the you know heart of the process or the energy source of the process. You know, which comes with the uh, laser head. You know, I still have my you know, laser. Oh, nice, head. cool. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- th- these are our you know, patented laser heads. Um, yeah. So our engine, it can be retrofitted to you know any CNC machine or uh, to any robotic system. Um, so again, this will be very useful um, if you want to print uh, a large scale additive stuff. You know, because on 450, yeah. You know, you have Limited size, it's compact, um, reliable. Yeah, I mean, people ask me, you know, and how reliable it is. I say, you know, it's as reliable as the rains in the Seattle. So, <laughs> um, cool. and then yes, uh, so we, we have um, good interests uh, for uh, M450, especially from research organizations. So it's just a feature. Of how the, how big is the bed in the 450? Is that 450 mils? Is that number match, or how big is the actual size of the bed? Yes, so so 450 as in the maximum height in the in the in the Z Z. direction okay. is uh, 450 mil. But uh, you can make parts uh, um, as big as like 200 uh, by 250 mil uh, in the horizontal direction. But uh-huh. if you want to make uh, large scale parts, um, you know we have our engine. Again, all the technology of engine is already there in uh, M450, but uh, engine has a lot more advanced capabilities. You know, like higher laser power. You know, higher laser power will give you high deposition rates and, you know, you can print large scale parts, uh, um, you know, easily on these uh, CNCs or robotic systems. So yeah. I think like, you know, we are the first ones um, who developed this kind of technology where you integrate both wire DED and also power DED on a single machine, actually. So um, and then our basically our main vision is to, you know, make this process, you know, as affordable as possible and uh, so that masses can use it. Because um, at the moment, most of these uh, machines, you know, in the market, they are very expensive. You know, sure. basic, you know, basic versions start anywhere from 500k. You know, so they are very expensive, and uh, research organizations or even universities, you know, they're taking a yeah. back step. You know, and uh, you know, especially during this COVID times, you know, they want to sell machines which are affordable, compact, and you know, reliable at the same time. Yeah, that well, you brought up some, a lot of things there, but something that kind of uh, stuck out to me as far as you were even showing the uh, the actual head there behind you on the table. So when you're actually using both a powder and through wire, the, wet, wet wire so it's, just, it's a wire. So the wire and the powder together, how, how is that fed? I know you yeah, can see the Heather. So they're, they're, they're both going through at the same time or. So, so uh, instead of me describing, you know, I would like to show you. Nice. Um, <laughs> yes. And then, you know, uh, Great it, question, it'll, right? give good, it'll, it'll give you a good understanding. Actually, okay. like, you know, I talk to uh, several customers a day and they look at all this stuff, but you are the first person, you know, who is like, you know, intrigued, you know, with the lasers and everything. Sure, else. sure. So this is our first version of our laser. Uh, so we have our lasers um, coming from, uh, so they're all off-axis lasers. Yeah. So generally in most of the um, other uh, processes where you, you have, where you have this coaxial laser and then it comes uh, right uh, in the coaxially. 
And in some other cases, you know, where uh, you can have one fiber diode and you do beam splitting, right. and then they converge at a focal point here. Okay, but we are not doing neither of them actually. So we are doing we are taking a different approach uh, where we are uh, um, using this fiber diode uh, coupled lasers, and uh, we are not doing any beam splitting, but they can be detachable. So each fiber laser has got its own power, and the, it can be controlled. And wow. then. Uh, as you can see in the in the nozzle, so this is our uh, uh, patented laser head. This is one of the new world, uh, uh, old versions, and I've got the new version uh, as well. So from here, the, from the central nozzle, you get this wire, and then you also have this powder nozzles, as you can see uh, on this yeah. uh, laser head. Sure. So so you can use wire uh, and powder both uh, independently and also simultaneously. Wow. Actually. Wow! So yeah. there are many applications in you know, where uh, um, using uh, both wire and uh, powder makes sense. Actually, you know, so um, like not too many people have explored this kind of uh, technology before. So um, that's the reason, you know, most of the universities they are interested, and uh, they say that you know this is one of the kinds, you know, where they have been looking forward. Um, you know, when you compare with other uh, you know commercial machines, well, um, so yeah, there's a lot of possibilities. Yeah, you know what makes sense to me when when I'm thinking about that, and uh, thank you for educating me on, on this a little bit. I'm starting to absorb a bit here, hopefully. But but also when when you're building a part, you know, there's um uh, there's parts that don't have to be so accurate. It's just a thick wall or something like this. So to use uh, maybe the powder for that isn't quite the application, and laying it down with the wire might be better at that time. You're saying you could actually switch between it, so I'm assuming that you could you become more precise when you go to the powder. Is that correct? Yes, yes. it is. So okay, yes. So so if you want to make uh, um, like complex features or fine features, yeah. then uh, you can uh, go switch to powder, and then um, if, if you want to make thick walls, as you mentioned, where um, the accuracy is not, uh, you know, that essential, um, then you can use wire. The advantage of wire is, you know, it is because it's just a form it is uh, uh, yeah. present, you know. So you can, the, the biggest advantage is the cost. You know, the cost of wire is, you know, at least like three times um, lesser than the cost of powder. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, not all materials are available in the form of wire. So yeah. that's why yes. it makes it to, you know, use you know, you can use, you know, plug and play, you know, uh, wire and then switch to powder. Or if you want to use both at the same time, there are many applications where you can use both at the same time too. So it gives a lot of flexibility and not just one wire, you know, you can use, you know, several wires at the same time as well. Oh, so okay. That gives you um, multiple heads during the build. Exactly. Depending upon the setup. And then, and then you can make uh, customized alloys, you know, with this. So, a um, lot of possibilities, you know, it, it's just, you know, uh, we have to explore and uh, get this uh, thing, you know, out with the public. Actually, Yeah, that, that is really neat. So talk about expanding. I know you're talking about automation, sometimes robotics, and you're saying multiple heads, obviously, so you could have multiple operations to grow apart. Is that what I'm saying? Like if I had multiple arms that were building something from different angles, is that possible with that? Is that something that's happening right now? So uh, right now it is not happening, but um, uh, we are having a project with uh, a nuclear company. Um, so the end goal is uh, to make um, a part as large as you know a human being, uh, about like six to seven feet, wow. um, 
where you know we we will be using um, you know different uh, several multiple you know laser heads so that you know you can speed up the you know the you know the build time and uh, you know yeah and uh, get it more automated you know use it on a robotic system so the end goal is to use a robotic system inside a cnc system so that you know that'll be a lot more flexible uh, you know in terms of sizes and uh, you know even uh, you know in terms of cost it'll be <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a little bit of the science fiction, uh, but it's becoming true. I mean, I remember seeing Iron Man, obviously, and a lot of people, <laughs> you know, point to how quick he built the suit when he pressed the button. And but it, you know, kind of had those multiple build heads there, and it was all happening very quickly. I'm like, yeah, that's that's the movies. It's a lot slower than that, but yeah, it's that's kind of what's happening. You know, being able to build now, and now you're taking it into a robotic automation environment, and being able to scale and do some things, and really kind of come to a new way of building that. You could see it happening. It just takes the right technology and, and uh, minds behind it to push it there. So that that is really interesting. That's. That's amazing. Absolutely. So, and then, and then there's again uh, a lot of uh, you know element of science, uh, you know, uh, which is behind these uh, technologies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just uh, we can't just hook it up to any robot or any CNC and uh, just let it do um, you know the position. Um, there's a lot of things behind that. You know, how do you control you know the microstructure? You know, which will later um, affect the mechanical properties. You know, how do you control the cooling rates? You know, at the same time, how do you control the even the geometry? You know, so that you know it replicates the same as you know the CAD model. So yeah, um, and then how do you make everything automated? Even that is something you know uh, we are working. You know, um, along with um, I'm sure you know different organizations are also working in this actually. So, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's great to be in this uh, uh, area, um, and then uh, yeah, especially you know the way. Um, you know, people are coming to know more about this, and you know, um, you know, really using this technology, you know, to build their you know products, and you know, um, affecting their you know, business cases. Yeah, that that is. It's really neat to see that happen, and people that kind of can gravitate towards the technology to bring it to that next level. Now, you mentioned a little bit about the materials, especially on the wire side. So, and I'm, I'm assuming obviously the the steels are in there. Like, what what other wires or, or materials are you working with on that side? So, so basically, um, there is no something like you know you have to use uh, just one particular material. So any welding wire that is um, available in the form of a wire in the market, it can be used actually. Okay. So in the same case applies with uh, even for powder, anything available in the market, it can be used and, you know, fit in the process. So we have uh, demonstrated parts out of um, yeah, steel. That's, uh, you know, the first and foremost. And then titanium, we have uh, a lot of interest uh, from our customers, especially sure. on titanium. It's just, you know, typical aerospace component. Um, and then uh, in kernel, stainless steel and uh, recently we got um, you know um, we have demonstrated uh, some parts using this exotic alloys um, as well as some refractory refractory alloys like tungsten molybdenum as oh, well wow. so nice. yes yes and not, not just this yeah not 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 just this because you know uh, we're also building you know a couple of uh, very small scale printers you know which would do this kind of operation or similar kind of operation um, in the orbit or you know the ISS actually. So these are a couple of uh, you know special sensitive projects. Uh, sure, um, sure. Know, that, um, you know very much you know interested you know in yeah. uh, seeing 
So, I mean, we talked a little bit about that too. Um, as it come along, and we talked about robotics and automation. So, what do you see as uh, some of the bottlenecks out there that this is going to overcome, or you're pushing to overcome? So, um, especially, uh, so even our process it falls under DED processes. The bottlenecks for DED process is um, basically it's not yet um, completely automated. You know. Uh, when you compare with uh, portabed fusion, you know processes, you know where they make small scale parts, um, it has been there for more than you know 25, 30 years. I would say portabed fusion processes, but uh, DED process, it's uh, kind of relatively new, um, like 10, 15 year old technologies, and uh, people are still trying to find out, you know, the right process parameters, you know, to build the right components and uh, out of the right materials. Um, so this particular correlation, you know, to, to to know, you know, what kind of process parameters needs to be used so as to attain good mechanical properties is something a bottleneck right now. Um, yeah, it, it's not like, you know, you hook up um, any heat source to a robot and just printing the part, you know, there's more an element of science behind this. Um, so how do we, how do we make this more automated? You know, um, and then there's a lot of uh, research going on, especially on simulation. Um, mm. So this helps, you know, in terms of, you know, process qualification um, and also in terms of, you know, uh, QC and QA, actually. So because, I mean, we can't build every other product uh, to see and test for the defects and evaluate pro- uh, properties. Right. So uh, so this uh, simulation will play a lot of role in you know automating uh, the process, actually. And then. I mean, this process could be used uh, at, in all sectors, you know, be it aerospace to automobile to oil and gas to space. And every sector has their own requirements, you know, yeah. own specification. You know, uh, but, but the one good thing is aerospace, you know, it jumped in into this technology way ahead of uh, other uh, uh, the sectors. And, uh, you know, we are working, you know, um, uh, in tandem with uh, different um, aerospace giants you know, to to make this, you know, um, more affordable at the same time, you know, cut down the lead times and, you know, make sure that, you know, uh, this uh, this technology qualifies, you know, their particular requirements, you know. For example, I go into ASTM standards or, you know, ASM standards, actually. So yeah. these are a couple of uh, bottlenecks, I would say, you know, and people are, you know, uh, actively working on this. Uh, we are also working uh, on this, uh, you know, bottlenecks, you know, how do we make this more automated, you know, I want to see um, one day basically where, you know, uh, a person, you know, who doesn't need to have a PhD and go there and just, you know, push a button. and uh, That's the can... dream, right? You know, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. I was just talking about that earlier, pressing that button and making it happen. But it's a lot so, more, so isn't it? advantage of a DD process, you know, where you can see the part growing up, you know, just like a baby, a baby inside the stomach. You know, you can actually see grow it, you know, unlike powder bed fusion process where it is completely immersed. Yeah, it's underneath the powder, and yeah. And you don't know what's going on uh, unless, you know, it comes it out, actually. So yeah. we can't repair, you know, during the process. So this is one of the uh, you know, um, you know, salient features of uh, DD process. So, with the DD process, you have then you're talking. Are you talking about actually having a closed loop system where you could see something happening and and make adjustments on the fly? Is that what you're saying? Yes, okay. yes, yes. Cool. So, closed. I mean, we do have closed loop systems on our machines, uh, but in general, it is very much uh, important to have uh, closed loop um, yeah. know, algorithms, uh, you know, closed loop softwares. Uh, not just for, you know, DD, even for uh, powder bed fusion process so that, you know, you can repair, you know, on the go. And, uh, you know, having this hybrid system 
uh, gives us a lot more flexibility because if something has gone wrong, for example, you can just use the milling cutter and then chop it off and, you know, start printing from there onwards. Mm-hmm. So this is something, you know, uh, you not possible JD. in order of fusion processes, yeah. but only exclusively to, um, you know, hybrid uh, manufacturing when you use a CNC machine. Yeah, no, that's true. And so having the capability to do one or the other, depending upon the application again, is that's wonderful. Uh, wow. So getting past the bottlenecks then, I mean, what do you see? I mean, we talked a little bit about what's happening. So the unique processes that you have, what do you see like where Meltio is going in the future? So in the future, the Meltio's unique technology can be applied um, in pretty much in all sectors, actually. You know? So mm-hmm. right now, um, I can you know, just give you an overview of our, you know, projects, you know, um, just to emphasize on, you know, different sectors, you know, that we are, right you know, sure. uh, we are working uh, with actually. So uh, m- most of the projects, they are uh, based, uh, they're based on uh, aerospace and space applications. Um, as I mentioned to you, we are working uh, with a couple of, uh, you know, space companies and uh, building uh, customized printers where they can do welding and uh, repair applications, uh, you know, in the in the orbit or you know uh, in the ISS, and uh, we're also working with uh, we're also working to develop a lunar um, you know lander where uh, which which also has our machine you know which can do this repair applications yeah. and not just that you know we are also working with uh, a couple of companies um, you know who uh, I mean uh, uh, who can do <coughs> excuse me yeah, yeah who, who can you know generate these uh, turbine blades you know where you can uh, turbine, blades. turbine blades yeah because i mean uh, I, I just heard you know um, like last week or so that optomec company it has uh, yep. uh, repaired more than 1 million blades actually it's a big number you know so so the advantage of you know dd process using um, in the form of uh, a repair application um, it takes uh, you know um, the costing completely out of control actually and uh, yeah, we are also looking for some uh, jewelry applications. So yeah, for printing watches. Oh, you know, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, but I you know came to know about this. Uh, so yeah, where, where you can print watches, dials, and a couple of you know um, you know parts out of uh, copper as well. And uh, okay, I was going to ask about that. You're getting into the copper <laughs> side, also. That's good. That's yes, a big deal. especially when you're getting to large scale metal AM. You've seen a lot of what's happening out there with the uh, the thrusters and combustion chambers that are being built with all uh, the internal cooling uh, systems and all that. There's a lot of interesting things going on so yeah that's a whole process that you have to go through and it's good to see you guys are at least pushing that forward you know that's big fish game i guess you could say you know the big fish are in there trying to figure out what they can do on the metal am side that could help inside of aerospace inside of propulsion and doing things so like you're talking about the iss is the international space station for all the people who don't know all the acronyms out there but it's it's happening right now those kind of things are, are the projects that are in development so um, it's really exciting, you know, to, it betters humanity, it betters what we can do with our, our space program and things that couldn't be done before with especially heat, you know, when you're talking about combustion chambers, you're talking about heat and the ability to build something that also has some some different, you know, like the copper and, and working with these materials and, and having uh, the ability to do things inside of the walls of all of these combustion chambers. It's just amazing, you know. Um, yep, yep. And at the same time, you know, um, like, you know, our... One of the top priorities is, you know, uh, to achieve these uh, 
things what we what I mentioned before at an you know at an affordable cost actually you know you, you can do the right. same stuff yeah. sp- spending yeah. millions but uh, that's not the way you know um, you know uh, we want to approach this game you know we want to make this process you know, as affordable as possible to the masses so that they can use it um, you know uh, for their applications you know probably this is one of the reasons you know um, why um, you know large scale additive stuff or DED process is not there in uh, all sectors I would say. You know, it's there in most of the sectors, but again, a couple of sectors like automobile um, sector, they are kind of reluctant to use this uh, technology. One is like cost, one is again, the qualification and, uh, you know, they're scared about, you know, what would be the mechanical properties kind of thing. And at the same time, yeah, uh, other commercial machines are so expensive that, you know, uh, it's hard to get the funding. You know, that's what um, I had, I heard from uh, these, uh, you know, general managers from, you know, automobile sector, actually. So you can make this um, more affordable and, uh, you know, with less operational cost, you know, I think, you know, people will be more readily acceptable, uh, accepting these parts and, uh, you know, you know, at least, you know, giving it a try, you know, if they can, you know, do, a, a, compare the business model uh, with the additive stuff compared to the traditional manufacturing. Yeah, I know. I know it's hard to say, and I guess if you're just comparing it against traditional manufacturing, there's there's a lot that you could look at there. But what is it that that in particular, if you, you can say, what Melty is doing that is lowering that cost? Is it just the technology itself, uh, the materials themselves? What actually lowers the cost for the consumer? So basically, uh, technology, yes, it is new, but all the building wires and consumables, I mean, we just buy from the market like anybody else, actually. So the main thing uh, which uh, reduces the cost on our products is we develop our own lasers. So basically, most of the other companies, you know, they buy, you know, f- um, for example, Fraunhofer's or laser line, which are quite expensive in general. Um, but in our case, we develop our own lasers, uh, you know, we design our own laser heads, uh, we develop our own optics and uh, um, even our powder feeders. You know, we have got all patents uh, filed on these uh, products. Okay. So yeah. uh, so this is how we are, you know, reducing the you know cost of the overall product. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's interesting. Is there anything uh, that you'd want to let us know about that we could see some more information about Meltio? Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, during our conversation as well, you know, uh, I wish, you know, we would have had more time, you know, to, sure. you know, explain more about our materials products uh, and then, you know, the process, how it works. Uh, but yeah, people who are interested um, you know, learning about our technology, our products. Um, yeah, I highly uh, suggest them to, you know, register uh, for the webinar. And uh, we do have, uh, you know, several webinars coming up. Uh, uh, yeah, we have been seeing, more number of uh, you know people registering over the course of time and uh, yeah it's going to be a good experience you know you will you'll be you know uh, getting an opportunity to witness our machine you know and then you know, look at the process live you know you look at the uh, deposition process live so it's going to be you know, wonderful actually so please visit uh, meltio3d.com website and uh, you know please uh, register uh, you know, to uh, undergo a you know beautiful experience. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll put a link to that, and and of course in our talk here today, and and people could reach out and check that out. I think it's important, obviously, to spread that message. A lot of good things happen at Meltio, so looking forward to see that come to fruition. Hey, Yash, it's been great to have you here. Is there anything else you want to talk about before uh, before you're gone? Um, yeah. Um, so uh, on the other side, um, yeah, it's been like you know exciting, you know, catching up with you. I've seen your. Uh, 
uh, most of your uh, previous uh, video podcasts. Oh, um, cool! Thanks. You've been doing a, a great job, I would say. You know, in covering uh, um, interesting people, interviewing people, and you know, um, covering a wide range of topics. You know, covering the best in business, and um, there's always an element or two also to learn. You know, um, you know, from all these videos and. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, a big high five, you know, for doing this uh, hey, amazing job. It. And uh, <laughs> no, no, touch. yeah, yeah, for sure, Yash. I mean, that's it. Thank you so much. It, it's it's just been an honor. It's a lot of great people, a lot of great things happening inside of three D printing and additive manufacturing. So it's nice to hear these stories, very positive, and a good thing for also to focus on and, and to learn about. So I'm just glad we have great people like you to connect with. Thanks again, Yash. I appreciate you being here today. Sure. And last thing, then when yeah. the travel restrictions, you know, get relaxed. You know, you are more than, you know, welcome to visit our facility, you know, spend some time, you know, with our engineers. Um, I'll give you a, you know, a good, you know, tour of our facility. And uh, yeah, you'll be- where's that facility located again? What city? Um, yeah, it's in the Sin City, Las Vegas. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no problem coming to visit. So, so apart from casinos and, yeah. you know, everything else. Uh, so there's a little bit of technology too. So a couple of customers, you know, uh, who are just entering into additive manufacture. You know, when they uh, realize that we are using additive manufacturing as our technology, they ask us questions like, you know, hey, do you print uh, the casino tables? Do you print oh, gosh, uh, blackjack yeah. tables? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> these, sure. these are a couple of questions I, know, I get to hear, actually. But, uh, yeah, we, we, we don't do polymer and plastic stuff, but uh, more into metal stuff, you know. Basically, you can see on the aeroplanes and, you know, it was nice to catch up with you and uh, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Have a good one, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the All Digital Additive Manufacturing Podcast. If you would like to help support and be part of our community, take action and smash subscribe, press follow, comment below, or leave a review. And don't forget to share. Thanks for continuing the conversation. This is Adam Penna signing off. See you soon.